starts in three, two, one. Liberalism is back in style. Welcome to the evolution. So you don't get you don't get no money from the Democrats. They should be paying you like a million dollars a year. Like you're you're, you're like a secret weapon for them. Gary, would you mind repeating that slower this time? <laughs> I'm saying you're so good at what you do. I mean, you know what you're talking about. The, the, the Democrat Party should be sending you one way, either out in the open or, or, or under the table, at least a million dollars a year for what you do. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? Was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year at the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrage now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words. I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP Las Vegas and on social media and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is, not surprisingly, DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. If you're new to the show, here's what you need to know. On my website, you will find links to everything associated with this show in particular, links to all my social media sites, on four of which we both broadcast this show live and archive the shows. But let's boil it all down to just one. Keep it simple. On my website, click on the YouTube link. Once there, click on the subscribe link, of course. Then click on the link that says live, whereupon you can either watch the show live or view the archive shows. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you would like to talk on the radio later, as in our second half hour, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do, Lock Him Up. As promised yesterday, I told you we would begin today where we left off yesterday. First, as a courtesy to those who may have missed yesterday's show, a quick recap to bring you up to speed. We continued our discussion from Monday from on comments from Fox Noises Greg Gutfeld, wherein in just one exchange we heard Gutfeld attack our elections and our democracy, as well as call for a complete surrender from liberal Democrats. We knew slavery was inhumane and immoral, but somehow we couldn't solve slavery peacefully. It was an evil, but one side refused to acknowledge that it was evil because it was too big of an admission for them to make. Doesn't that feel that way now, that this defiant refusal to reverse this decline argues against the survival of a country. What does that leave you with? It leaves you with you need to make war to bring peace because you have a side that cannot change because then that means an admission that their beliefs have been corrupt all the time. So in a way, you have to force them to surrender. Or we but, could make love, not war. Uh, I tried that once. Or we have an election. I had to go to a doctor. Right. <laughs> election, yeah. No, elections don't work. We know that. We know they don't work. They do work. Look what we have. Look what we have. Every facet of society is in peril and in chaos because our elections don't matter. So 
In just one exchange, Gutfeld is calling for another American civil war, says they have to force us Democrats to surrender, but his reason for having to make a surrender is because our policies are corrupt and we won't change. And let me reiterate, what Gutfeld just said was ripped from the pages of Mein Kampf. Also, and I said this as well, he's right that we are in decline and everything is in peril and chaos, but not in the way he is surmising. We are in decline because of the QOP's assault and attacks on our democracy and their lurch towards authoritarianism. But let me hammer this one point home because it was the basis for Gutfeld's anti-American, anti-democracy diatribe. He tried to make an analogy between our civil war and our current situation. And when he brought up the civil war, he specifically mentions and blames those who won't change their minds because that would be admitting their policies are corrupt. And of course, he's trying to equate today's liberal Democrats as being the party that's corrupt and unwilling to change. Really? As for Democrats' unwillingness to change, why in the world would we? Our policies are supported by the majority of the American people, and we care more about them than we do the rich and greedy corporations. Our bad. As for our stance on corruption, just ask Democratic Senator Robert Menendez. I mean, let's let's just take one of our senators, Catherine Cortez Masto. And no, I don't care that she's drop-dead gorgeous. That, that means nothing to me at all, really. I care about what she's done for Nevada. Let us not forget, she played a major role in a nationwide mortgage fraud settlement that brought Nevada more than $1.9 billion. $1.9 billion. She also headed large-scale prosecutions of illegal drug and sex traffickers. After our venerable Senator Harry Reid announced he would not seek a sixth term, they persuaded Catherine to run for his seat against, against, oh heck, I can't even remember his name. You see what I did there? Heck. All this talent is still in Las Vegas. When Nevada was hit hard by COVID, Catherine secured various relief measures for us Nevadans, which helped her win re-election in last year's midterms. Does that sound like corruption to you or ideas or ideals that need to be changed? Hell to the no. And then there's Dina Titus, who has dedicated her entire professional life to education and public service, and even has an affordable housing complex named after her. Who doesn't love Dina? I tell you her accomplishments, but it's only a one-hour show. And Dina's been a guest on this show several times. We have actually taken phone calls when she's been our guest back when I was on an all-right-wing station. And even that crowd didn't get ugly with her. They got ugly with me, but, you know, I kind of ask for it and relish it. But any corruption there, any ideas or ideals that need to be changed, again, not even hardly. Conversely, however, if you want to honestly analyze the level of corruption among today's QOP, you better have a big yardstick. Just look at who the leader of their party is, the most corrupt individual to ever rise to high office. When you look at his past business history, littered with the people he stiffed and refused to pay, when you look at his corrupt Trump University or Trump charity, both of which were forced to shut down because they were fraudulent and both over which he was fined $25 million for his bogus university alone. And you look at his bankruptcies, look at his current financial fraud trial for which he's already been found guilty slash liable. And the rest of the trial is mostly to determine and assess financial damages. And then you look at his theft of sensitive and classified documents, which he refused to return, ignoring a subpoena in the process, tried to move and hide, tried to destroy evidence, told his lawyers to lie and say he didn't have any, and then he admitted on tape that he did indeed not only have classified documents, but was showing them to people who had no required clearance to view them. 
And then you can look at the recent news that he blabbed top secret information regarding our nuclear submarines. And that's all before we even address his biggest and most seditious and treasonous betrayal of the nation, his lies that incited the January 6th insurrection, and his attempts to overturn an election and destroy our democracy in the process. Corruption? You want to talk corruption, Greg? The head of your party is the living, breathing, and lying personification of corruption. And members of his party are just as bad, and his right-wing propaganda hate media is worse. The worst. And to go back to Senator Cortez Masto on January 6th, she was one of the Democrats who did their constitutional duty in certifying legitimate president and non-criminal defendant Joe Biden's victory. What did so many of her QOP colleagues do, huh? They attacked a pillar of our democracy, our free and fair elections, all because they didn't have the balls to call Trump the anti-democracy liar he was and still is. Cowards and traitors all. And speaking of senators, or at least those who play one on TV, you remember that video footage of QOP fist-pumping Senator Josh Hawley running through the Capitol? You know where Hawley does his shopping? At the flea market. And you know what Senator Lindsey Graham and the sequel to E.T., the extraterrestrial, have in common? Neither of them are ever coming out. And you heard the difference between an actor from California and a senator from Texas? One will slap a man for talking badly about his wife. The other will help that man become president. And of course, I'm referring to Ted Cancun Cruz, or Fled Cruz, if you prefer, arguably the second most hated man in politics. And you know why people instantly hate Ted Cruz? It just saves time. And Cruz has always been hated. When he was a baby and his mother would breastfeed him, she would close her eyes and think of other babies. One time his mother dropped him off at school and got a ticket for littering. Even his priest told him he liked him as a friend. Ted Cruz is such a spineless wimp of a man, even Canada doesn't want him back. Canada! And Canada gave us Nickelback, for God's sake, and even Canada doesn't want Ted the Ooze Cruz back. And you talk about a hypocrite? When he aborted his presidential campaign back in 2016, I think he should have been made to carry it to full term. And speaking of which, those pockmarks you see on Ted's face aren't from acne, they're from the coat hanger. And here's one for you. If you put every Republican senator and congressman in a room, who'd be the first to realize they were full of crap? Answer, the room. But back to you, Mr. Gutfeld, to try and paint Democrats as the party who are corrupt and unwilling to change and using slavery as your basis point, that is a major analogy fail and a ridiculous and dishonest one at that. So, yesterday we heard from a few pundits and experts who offered their perspective on Gutfeld's remark. We heard from Ruth Ben-Ghiat, expert on authoritarians and dictators. We heard from Kurt Bardella, former rising Republican star, now a Democrat. We even heard from MSNBC's Joy Reid. And during the course of these discussions, one question that was asked was, how do we change this? What's the solution? And I was more than willing to offer my opinion on that question, as it hasn't changed in years. Today's conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing, propaganda-hate media industrial complex is the problem. It needs to be eliminated or, as a compromise, very, very much regulated. And I put it in this context yesterday. Either you eliminate today's conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing, propaganda-hate media industrial complex... <gasps> Or you do nothing while they continue to rip the meat off our democracy until there's nothing left but bone. 
And then these savages will eat that too. We already sat back with short arms and long pockets and did nothing while the right built this leviathan of immediate disinformation infrastructure. How much longer will we allow them to keep expanding and poisoning our political discourse with their lies? How long will we continue to turn a blind eye to the biggest clear and present danger and existential threat to our democracy? And that is the aforementioned conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing, propaganda, hate media, industrial complex. The people we heard from had different thoughts on solutions. One of the pundits we heard from was Ian Basson, whom I told you I love. Ian is a good, honorable, decent man whose heart absolutely is in the right place. He is a former associate White House counsel under Barack Obama. He is currently the executive director of an organization called Project Democracy, which he describes as, quote, a defender of America's system of government against the threat of authoritarianism, end quote. I mean, if you truly love this country, how can you not love Ian Basson? Where we differ, however, is our proposed solutions. Ian was asked how we removed the incentive structure for conservative media to advocate for anti-democracy practices and say things like what Gutfeld said. We'll hear that question and Ian's response. And I got to tell you, his solution is the polar opposite of what mine is. How do you remove the incentive structure for conservative media to advocate anti-democratic practices and to say things like, quote, elections don't work, quote, you need to make war to bring peace? And, and the irony of, of, of a network that typically advocates against a hot war in Ukraine to bring peace to a democracy is advocating for a hot war in America to help end it. What Donald Trump and Greg Gutfeld are offering is a vision of division and hatred and disorder and people turning on each other. And that sells. But you know what else sells? And this is true if you look at the data on social media. Inspiration, hope, and the ability of people coming together. That's what built this country. And I think the answer to it, to your question of how do you change the incentives, is we respond to it by rising above it and showing what Americans do in a crisis, which is we don't go for the snake oil of I alone can fix it and leaning into hate. We go for what we want for our children, the world we want them to live in, which is one where we all look out for each other. And that is a very, very powerful force as well. And we need to lean into it. And this is where we started to run out of time yesterday. And I said hurriedly, Ian, I love you, but nothing you just said there will even slow down, let alone stop today's right-wing propaganda hate media's anti-democracy poison. Yes, I agree with everybody looking out for one another. But while you and your flock are sitting down in Central Park singing Kumbaya, Hundreds, if not thousands, of right-wing personalities, both on television and hate talk radio, are telling their audience that the 2020 election was stolen, Democrats are evil, they're already plotting to steal the 2024 election, and therefore, elections don't work, we got to get rid of them, and the right should force those of us on the left to surrender. And so now I ask you, what solution do you prefer, or better yet, do you think would be the most effective in stopping today's right-wing propaganda hate media from spreading anti-democracy lies? Kumbaya? Or landing hard on them and either regulating the living bejesus out of them or eliminating them altogether? So many pundits have listed Trump's crimes and atrocities. We all know them. But the reality is, there are millions and millions of people who have no problem with them. They have no problem with anything Trump says or does, or his media as well. And they're also not afraid to flush their democracy down the toilet in favor of a strong man. So what I'm looking for are solutions. As you know, I have one, and I'll be the first to admit it is a harsh even extreme one. But these are extreme times. 
And the rhetoric that is emanating from this right-wing propaganda hate media is both ultra-extreme and dangerous, and it is destroying this country. So I personally believe extreme measures are both called for and justified. And I think my solution will not only be a more effective way to save our democracy than Ian's kumbaya, but perhaps the only way to save it. The question is, is anybody going to actually take on today's right-wing media? Or is everyone going to keep pretending Fox Noise, OANN, Newsmax, and the countless right-wing hate talk radio shows, including on three stations here in Las Vegas, should just be allowed to keep spewing their anti-democracy poison? Does anybody have a better solution than mine that would be just as effective? If so, I'm all ears. And so I'll ask my liberal friends, what is your solution for today's conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing propaganda hate media industrial complex and their anti-American anxiousness to end our democracy? To her credit, Nicole Wallace had herself a basham moment and decided all Ian Basson's hope and kumbaya stuff wasn't working. And she told him so. I guess, Ian, I, I, I accept your expert answer for the solution. But as a former Republican operative, I'm concerned about the message delivery system being deployed by everyone on the side of angels, right? Everyone that wants to continue to live in a democracy. And I wonder how you would rate the effectiveness of the positive messages against the effectiveness. I mean, Fox News covers crime in the cities all day, every day. Why? To make people afraid. What do they do when they're afraid? They buy more guns. What do they do when they have more guns and they're afraid of immigrants? They go to rallies where you're protesting against migrants. I mean, it's all so stitched together. And, and I worry that hope and, and love isn't winning. Boom. Just in case you were wondering why I love Nicole Wallace so much, as I said yesterday, she asked some of the most detailed, nuanced, intelligent, and probing questions of any host on cable news, which is likely why they expanded her show from one hour to two. We didn't get to this yesterday, but right now, let's listen to Kumbaya Ian's response. And I worry that hope and and love isn't winning. I mean, look, I, I don't want to downplay the seriousness of the danger you've identified. As you know, I've come on this show multiple times to talk about just how serious the threat is, which we all on here agree. Um, but it's not all lost. I mean, the American people responded in 2020 by electing a you know moderate, um, contrary to what uh, Greg Gutfeld was saying, sensible person to put the House in order. But there, and, and I do trust that the American people also generally do see Donald Trump as a hate monger and a charlatan and very likely a career criminal. You know, but some may think, and this is what Fox is delivering, that but grocery prices used to be lower. Well, here's the thing. Donald Trump had no more to do with the price of groceries uh, than he had control over the rain that fell on his inauguration. And he has no plans or ability to make eggs any cheaper in the future either. He wasn't a good businessman, as the court has now found. He was a cheater and a fraud. But what he can do is he can turn us against each other. He can take away our freedoms. He can produce a level of violence and division and hate like we've never seen. And that's why I go back to playing on a field where hate and fear are what are dominating kind of our emotions is ceding territory to authoritarianism. And the response, as Neil alluded to, is to meet that with, I think, what President Biden said in the opening clip that you shared, you know, what our shared vision is for a more prosperous future, and that is democracy and leaning into it. That's the second time we've heard Ian say that. Decide what we want our shared vision to be for this country and lean into it. What does that even mean? Lean into it. Isn't that what we did in 2016? Didn't we go high when they went low? How did that work out? Is it just me or is anyone else finding Ian's answers unsatisfying? And I mean really unsatisfying. Yes, Ian, many Americans do see Trump as a hate monger and charlatan, but a hate monger and charlatan is what millions of Americans want. As for him being a criminal, millions again have bought into his hoax and witch hunt lies and don't think he is. And why is that? 
Again, the right-wing propaganda hate media who repeats his lies and defends his crimes. And as for Ian saying he trusts the American people, they made Trump president in 2016. He's since proved to be a traitor to this nation, and millions still support him. One last person I want you to hear from, Olivia Troy, who was Mike Pence's right-hand gal, first on national security, then on COVID. She's someone I've invited to be a guest on the show who has agreed to do so. We're now trying to nail down a date. But man, do I have questions for her. She was inside the White House during the height of the COVID pandemic. That's an hour's worth of questions right there. We'll hear the question MSNBC's Joy Reid asked Olivia and then her response. Uh, and Olivia, you know, you worked for a gentleman, uh, Mike Pence, who doesn't even talk about this. on the. He'll talk about it a little bit, but he's running for president almost as if it didn't happen at all. He'll talk about his former uh, co-candidate, <laughs> et cetera, in, in his campaign. You know, he, he talks about it in a very bland way, but he almost got lynched by these people. Um, just a few of the recent threats against election officials, a guy named Tom, Tim Deaver in December of 2022, two other individuals were indicted in North Carolina on 62 counts of interstate threatening communications and one count of conspiracy to kidnap for sending phony writs of execution to elected officials. Just a little note here. Candidates running for House and Senate offices increased campaign spending on security by more than 500 percent between the 2020 election and the 2022 midterms because of constant threats. We've heard this from people like Adam Kinzinger, et cetera, that people have told him, you can't vote that way. Think of your family. People might kill you. That is the atmosphere in Washington on the Republican side. Where are the Republicans who are willing to say enough? Are there any other than the ones who've left the party? Well, that's the thing. The threat is very real. And I think you have a mix of people who behind closed doors are very concerned about it, but are also you know, not interested in living their lives in fear, like many of the colleagues that they saw when they did step forward. Uh, they saw the threats against their families. And then you saw members of Congress who were moderate Republicans who decided not to run again because they didn't want to deal with what was going to happen to their families and deal with that stress of it. Now, I'll just say this in the context of everything that we've been talking about in this conversation. Let me be very clear about their the far right agenda. The far right agenda, they claim to be sort of like embracing the Republican values and everything. But I just want to remind people that are center right conservatives, Peter, people that are more moderate like me, who are trying to figure out how you navigate in the space, that what they mean is that if you're not in line with them, they're coming after you. So they're coming after the left, but they're also they're coming after most Americans who are not going to go along with their extreme agenda, who don't stand for it, who don't agree with it. You will also be targets of that hate. That is what, why all of this matters so much. That's why we should continue to talk about it. That's why Mike Pence should actually be talking about it, because he is a living example of a longtime conservative that faced it directly. Now, did you catch that? Candidates running for the House and Senate increased campaign spending on security by more than 500% between the 2020 election and last year's midterms, 500% because of radicalized threats from the MAGA crowd. And who do you think is radicalizing these people? Again, Trump by himself would just be a senile old man yelling at children to get off his lawn. But when he has a gigantic media disinformation infrastructure only too willing to repeat amplify, and both defend his lies and give them a much more expansive reach with no counter on our side. And by the way, the mainstream media was just as guilty in the 2016 election. But violence has now become an acceptable means by which to achieve political ends. Olivia was then asked to comment on something sloppy Steve Bannon said. We'll hear that. The question she's asked and Olivia's response. And by the way, the person you hear Bannon referring to is our Attorney General Merrick Garland, a mild-mannered gentleman with honor and integrity, and one who can't even tell you what time it is without tearing up. But according to Sloppy Steve, Garland belongs in prison for the rest of his life. Your day's coming, dude. 
after January of 2025, when we go back over this whole illegitimate regime and we get into the receipts, he should be in prison for the rest of his life. And my God, if we do our job after we win, he will be in prison for the rest of his life. Olivia, the rhetoric now is civil war per Fox and imprisoning the attorney general per Steve Bannon. Your thoughts? You know, look, this is incredibly dangerous across the board. And I want to just be very clear about something. It's not just, uh, you know, people like Steve Bannon who are out there radicalizing Americans every single day on the exterior, right? And then you've got Trump going out there, repeating some of the same rhetoric, by the way, that he used in 2016, right? He then went on to attempt to implement some of these actions that he spoke about on the campaign while doing policy as president. Remember, this is a man who said he wanted to shoot immigrants coming into our country. The migrants Mm -hmm. coming in, he wanted to shoot at them. This is a man who wanted to shoot people during the Black Lives Matter protest. That's not hyperbole. I was in those meetings when he said it, and it made me sick to my stomach. So when they talk about these things externally, these are the things that they plan to carry out. And I just, I will just point to one thing. Just look at the Heritage Foundation's Project 2025, where they're looking at clearing out the government, where there are over 70 organizations that are part of this broad coalition of conservatives. And I say that in quotes because these are more extreme positions that are happening out there. And so when you look at what's happening in this machine of propaganda, and when you look at the potential of what is being planned out, should someone like Trump implement this agenda again, if should he return to office within the government, what's happening here, this is where it gets incredibly dangerous at the intersection of all of this. Now, you've heard me mention a few times in the past how Trump wants to take take current independent agencies and put them under the control of the executive branch, a.k.a. under his control, including the DOJ and the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. You just heard Olivia mention the Heritage Foundation Project 2025. Sounds like a conspiracy theory, doesn't it? Well, I hadn't heard of it, so I did some research. And son of a gun, it not only exists, it's exactly what she said it is. A plan to reshape the executive branch of the U.S. federal government if they win in 2024. And it's not like they're hiding it. It's right on their website. Right at the top of the page, it says, quote, It's time to lay the groundwork for a White House that's more friendly to the right. End quote. Wait, wait. I must have overlooked that section of the Constitution, yes? A White House more friendly to the right? And they call this effort, quote, Project 2025 Presidential Transition Project, end quote. It was established in 2022, and right on their website, they tell you what they want to do. They plan on recruiting thousands of Trump loyalists to come to Washington to replace existing employees and to restructure the executive branch of the federal government to further the agenda and policies of Donald Trump. And that's right from their website. That is a direct quote. In other words, Trump bootlickers. The plan would perform a quick takeover of the entire U.S. federal government under an on-steroids version of the unitary executive theory, a theory proposing the president of the United States have absolute power over the executive branch upon inauguration. Again, that would include the Department of Justice. And they created this monstrous and anti-American, anti-democracy project when Trump's efforts to install a new attorney general to assist him in his attempts to overturn the 2020 election were met with resistance, primarily from White House attorneys. In short, it's a proposal and plan to turn Trump into a dictator, thereby destroying our democracy. That's all. Maybe it's time to re-listen to some of Trump's biggest fascist hits. In other words, whatever documents a president decides to take with him, he has the absolute and unquestioned right to do so. And that's the way it is, and it couldn't be more clear. Next, I will bring the independent regulatory agencies such as the FCC and the FTC 
back under presidential authority as the Constitution demands. These agencies do not get to become a fourth branch of government issuing rules and edicts all by themselves, and that's what they've been doing. These radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, fascists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media. We will defeat Joe Biden and we will liberate America from these villains once and for all. And I am the only one that can save this nation because you know they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. It's total. It's total. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. The authority of the president of the United States having to do with the subject we're talking about is total. This Project 2025 also calls for the rescinding of laws and regulations that currently prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, transgender status, etc., etc. The platform is bigotry. But let's be honest, we all know there are millions upon millions of Americans who would heartily applaud this project. And then there were the times Trump cited Article 2 and dishonestly asserts it allows him to do whatever he wants to do. And I'll apologize in advance. As you will hear in these clips, someone thought it'd be a good idea to put music behind them. It wasn't. Oh, and you'll notice how many times he tells you he never talks about Article 2 as he's talking about Article 2. Then I have an Article 2 where I have the right to do whatever I want as president, but I don't even talk about that. It's a thing called Article 2. Nobody ever mentions Article 2. More importantly, Article 2 allows me to do whatever I want. So, very simply, Article 2 would allow me to do. I could have done anything I wanted. I don't even bring it up. Absolutely, I have Article 2. It gives me all of these rights at a level that nobody has ever seen before. We don't even talk about Article 2. Oh, he never mentions Article 2. Now that is a dangerous, anti-American, anti-democracy, authoritarian, dictator wannabe. And he's got the influential Heritage Foundation behind him, plus 30 more, as Olivia said, millions of brain-dead MAGA-cult members, and worse, the full support and backing of the ginormous, conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing propaganda-hate media industrial complex. Yesterday, I played you a clip of Trump saying Hezbollah was very smart and insulting Bibi Netanyahu. He continued his praise of terrorist groups and dictators the very next night in Palm Beach. You know, because it played so well the night before. And once again, he showed how seriously he's taking this Israeli-Palestinian conflict by acting the total fool again. I read all of Biden's security people. Can you imagine national defense people? And they said, gee, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack from the north because that's the most vulnerable spot. I said, wait a minute. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. I said, he's a very smart man. They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? But Hezbollah, they're very smart. Does he know he doesn't have to compliment all the most evil people who have ever lived? <laughs> say what you will, and they hate when I say this. Stalin had great teeth, okay? <laughs> they get mad. They say, oh, why does he say he must have flossed? He was a great flosser, Stalin. What am I going to say? He got right up in the gum line, okay? Very good flosser. Four out of five dentists agree. FDR, gingivitis. <laughs> And did you catch Trump's criteria there for being a very smart man whom he admires? You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. 
He controls it with an iron fist. He is telling you precisely who he admires, who he desperately wants to be, and exactly how he wants to not govern, but rule. It couldn't be any clearer. And worse, millions of Americans are just fine with that. Why? You know the answer. Because of how Trump's right-wing propaganda hate media defends statements like that or ignores them completely so their audience never learns the truth. And while I've said many times that I don't see Trump winning in 2024, I can't help but recall I said the exact same thing in 2016 and in 2020. So my prediction accuracy average is a trifling 50%, pretty poor by Vegas standards. And while I still believe Trump can't win next year, that calculation is based on us having a free and fair election. We know how busy Trump has been since he lost in 2020 and how he's been able to have many loyalists put in influential election-related positions. I don't believe we have clarity at all on everything he's done. And as I've said before, it's not so much I'm afraid of him winning as it is I'm afraid of him losing. We saw what happened last time he lost. And he's already started planting the seeds for election insurrection, the sequel, and repeating his lies from 2016 that the only way he can lose in 2024 is if the election is rigged and or stolen. Again, he added this to his speech in Palm Beach. When we win next November, it will be an epic political earthquake, the likes of which the world has never seen before. If we don't win, this country is going to be fire hell. No incitement to violence there now was there. For his first insurrection, he only had months with which to foment anger and violence. For his second one, he'll have had four years to build on that anger his lies fostered and the violence his lies incited. Will the legal results from the first insurrection act as a deterrent? Maybe. But we can't overlook Trump's base. They're not the sharpest knives in the drawer. I mean, these MAGA cult members have all the charm of a burning orphanage. And you know why Trump supporters are always rolling their eyes? They're looking for their brain. I'd call them dumb as rocks, except that rocks can at least hold a door open. I look at one of them and I ask, how the hell are you the sperm that won? 221-7283 is our caller number here, folks. If you got something on your mind, you need to get off your mind and chest before you head into the weekend. That's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy. Let's head to the phones, and we'll start with Gary. You're first up. Thanks for calling. Hi, Doug. Hey, Gary. I just, as uh, usual, can't stay off the uh, phone with you guys. Hey, this is a great radio station. I believe in freedom of speech, and uh, I don't believe in, uh, uh, just like you didn't believe in the fairness doctrine, I don't want regulations. I don't want these guys to hate uh, corporate uh, radio stations kicked off the air. I just want a few more radio stations like this, and uh, I don't know, maybe we should legalize Powerball and use the uh, money uh, and make some radio stations uh, and get more people because I, I believe in the power of radio, especially uh, call-in shows. And there's people that have things to say all over this state. We could start with this state, and then maybe the rest of the country will get smart. Um, there's too many sports channels. I just lost a bunch of friends there. There's too many uh, Mexican stations on the air. I just lost some more friends. Um, I want more talk. Gary, slow and, down. And, and, Gary, slow down. You don't have that many more friends to lose. Tell anybody uh, that's our secret. Hey, um, no, there's Palestinians protesting. There's uh, pro-Israeli people protesting. I want them to. Uh, I want a 24-hour radio station for all these voices, all these people, and I want calling. I want to hear what they have to say. I want to hear what students have to say, teachers have to say. I want to hear from the uh, protesters. Uh, you, uh, you know, the ones that, that take care of the. Uh, to uh, casinos, uh, uh, they're out there protesting. I want to hear what they have to say. Um, 
I'm in the middle. Uh, I think somebody should take care of people. We're not far left and we're not far right. We're independent thinkers and we're left out of, and, and our brains are getting squeezed out of, what do you call it, uh, out of this world with all this stuff going on. You make a lot of great points. And, uh, I do. If I, if, if I, if I may, if I may. Yes. Um, I know I've gone overboard already. Um, I call some of these radio stations. I won't call them by name. Some of these people are my best friends. But if I want to ask a question like, do you think maybe God is too old for the job? They're not taking my call. Or when when I know that they're not even telling the truth, like they used to uh, say, China's building two coal-burning power plants a, a week, which is total, absolute nonsense. They, they, at least they don't say that anymore. They say a lot of things that I want to answer to because I'm an independent thinker, but there's nowhere to go. And NPR, as good as they are, uh, there's no calling. They just state what they have. If you want to know what's really going on in the world and you don't have a computer, you listen to NPR radio and you and you learn stuff. Uh, I think I, I babbled on a little bit too long. Hey, have a great weekend. You're the best. Man. Hey, you do the same, Gary. I appreciate it. One quick comment on something you said, however. You said that you want these people, you, you want an exchange of opinions. I don't disagree with that. But what we get from the right-wing propaganda hate media aren't opinions. They are anti-democracy, dangerous lies. And no right is absolute. You can't hide behind the First Amendment. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Try yelling bomb in an airport. No right is absolute. And, and if we can jump on people for doing that in theaters and airports, can't we jump on them for for going out of their way to destroy our democracy with lies? I say we can. The question is, do we have the political will and balls to do so? Thus far, we haven't, which is why it has developed into the Leviathan it has become. 221-7283 is our caller number. Forrest, you're next. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Doug, uh, just one quick comment. Earlier, uh, people were talking about having to hire their own security uh, elected officials and so forth, and all the money they had to do spend to do that. Well, part of the problem is they get these phone calls saying either myself or some one of my friends is going to kill you and all your family. And and those are questions, those calls come in all the time. And I just hope we develop the technology to track those calls a lot better than we are, because very very few of those calls are ever tracked back to the person. And I, I, I believe that those calls are, that some of the people that make those calls make maybe 20 of them to different people. So it's a smaller group than we suspect, but you just have to stop that if at all possible. And, and that's all I have. Appreciate it, Forrest. You take care and have a good weekend. And Forrest is absolutely Indeed. right. I mean, th- this is not a majority of the people, but it only takes one to go off the rails and kill one person. And that's one too many. And the culture of violence and the acceptability of it that has been created in this nation, thanks to the orange gut wagon, is where we are. And a lot of people are afraid. I mean, the judge in his financial fraud trial, before it even began, had to be escorted to the courthouse and back to his home with armed security because of the death threats. I had death threats when I worked at my other station. They took me off the air for two weeks because some guy called up threatening to kill me. He was going to kill everybody at the station after me, then burn the place down. The police got involved. And like Forrest said, I never heard anything back. It was never traced. The police never got a hold of me again. I was back on the air after two weeks, but that was that. 221-7283 is the number. Fernando, you're next. Thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, Doug. Um, You know, I was thinking about, you know, when we talk about Trump, I've been thinking about Ivana, his first wife. I mean, she knew a lot of stuff because she was in the, you know, Trump organization and in the dealings and everything. And What? Correct me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Really, <laughs> huh? I'll correct uh, you. You're wrong. But what, what, wrong you, about what? what you said about Michelle Obama being being affiliated. no no Ivana Ivana oh, Trump Ivana Trump. I'm, oh you mean Ivanka his daughter no the first wife Ivana okay the one that's buried on the golf course 
Yeah. yeah. Didn't she mysteriously fall downstairs and yeah. she died from those injuries? Well, I just read it on Wikipedia about her life, her her big her biography. You know, in all honesty, I haven't read that much about Ivana. What what uh, what are you, I guess, surmising? Well, she knew a lot of stuff. I mean, she was married to the man for years, and she was she was in the business dealings. I mean, yeah, but she, she was, was also the, out of she was also out of the loop for many years too. Although, according to some reports, <laughs> Trump continued yeah. to confide in her and call her quite frequently, even though they were uh, divorced. So, yeah, you got a point. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, and yeah, she's buried there on on his property and stuff like that. I mean, classy guy. It would it, it would it wouldn't surprise me that maybe there's some documents in her casket or something. You know what I mean? Well, you never know. I, I've heard that surmise. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny, but you know, with, with yeah, Trump, would anything surprise us? That's right. Hey, have a good weekend, partner. Hey, you do the same, Fernando. Always a pleasure. Two two one seven two eight three is our number. By the way. In that summary clip I played from the Five's Greg Gutfeld to begin that segment, remember the joke Gutfeld told in the middle while he was trying to destroy our democracy? So in a way, you have to force them to surrender. Or we could make love, not war. Uh, I tried that once. I had to go to a doctor. On Monday, when I first addressed this story, I said somewhat tongue-in-cheek that perhaps Gutfeld's problem was that the STD he allegedly jokingly referenced had metastasized in his brain. What I didn't get to tell you is that Gutfeld asked his girlfriend what her favorite STD was. She laughed and said, well, I don't have one. Gutfeld replied, trust me, you do. Greg Gutfeld once thought he had an STD because his eyes started burning every time he had sex. Then he realized it was just the mace. And did you know there's a new board game wherein players have to figure out who gave him an STD? Yeah, it's from Johnson & Johnson, and it's called Clumidia. And you know what the world's longest-lasting STDs are? Children. And then there was the story of the man who returned from a foreign holiday and was feeling very ill. He goes to see his doctor and is immediately rushed into the hospital to undergo tests. The man wakes up after the test in a private room and the phone by his bed rings. He answers and hears this. This is your doctor. We have the results back from your test and we found you have an extremely nasty STD. It's a combination of gonorrhea, AIDS, syphilis, and herpes. The man says, oh, my God, what are you going to do, doctor? And the doctor says, well, we're going to put you on a diet of pizzas, pancakes, and pita bread. The man asked, will that cure me? And the doctor replied, well, no, but it's the only food we can slip under the door. Hey, folks, that's it. We have wrapped up another week, another Friday. We head into the weekend. It's going to be a good one. I'm loving this weather as the heat is finally disappearing. It's actually quite beautiful out today. Hey, folks, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you calling. We will do this all over again next week, starting on Monday, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.